successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get out of Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me today on 980 AM, KMBZ, as well as on iTunes via podcast. And if you're listening online at GrillNationShow.com, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, we're going to have a really cool show today. One of our contributors to the Grill Nation show is joining me today, Brian Sarr from True Wealth and Company. I'm going to bring him on in just a second. His website is retirewithtrue.com. I appreciate his contribution to the Grill Nation show. also want to thank our partners and supporters. Uh, title sponsors of the show are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Companies, and Ryan Rink. Uh, additional contributors to the Grill Nation show are the KCADC, Kansas City Area Development Council, and the Rieger and Jay Rieger and Co. and Ryan Maybe. Uh, Brian Sarf is with me today from True Wealth and Company. Uh, he comes in each and every month. He's a guest host of the show and a on-air contributor. And each month he brings on a uh, very successful Kansas Cityan, a person from our region who has grown a business, who's given back to the community, or who is uh, excelling in their craft. And I wanted to bring Brian on. Brian, welcome to the show. Great hey, to have you back. Glad to be here. Good to have another uh, month with you. It's great, man. I, in I, December. You always uh, are organized and always bring on some amazing guests, and today is no uh, difference. There you uh, go. Why don't you introduce our guest today? His name is Greg Amos. Yeah, Greg Amos, uh, he's the third generation owner of Amos Family Funeral Home and Crematory. Uh, they've been a cornerstone of Shawnee for 72 years. Uh, they serve Johnson County and the greater Kansas City community as well. Uh, they provide burial, cremation, and pet cremation services. Uh, Greg is the past president of the Shawnee Chamber of Commerce, which his grandfather started, uh, the Shawnee Morning, Optimi- Shawnee Morning Optimist, and the Shawnee Mission Rotary Club. Uh, Greg watched his first embalming at age five, and he never looked back. So welcome to the show, Greg. Thank you very much. Proud to be here. Yes, glad to have you today, and uh, and we'll enjoy visiting with you and talking about some of your background and and uh, your family and some of the succession planning you're in the middle of doing. And then, you know, as well, some of the questions I think a lot of people have on their mind when they're talking with somebody that owns a funeral home, first being why the funeral business and, uh, and, and why the cremation business? Well, for one thing, I don't know anything else. <laughs> um, I was raised behind the funeral home, which the house now is a parking lot. But, uh, you know, like it said, you know, I was five years old when I first watched my first embalming, and and I didn't think anything of it because I would always run across the alley, come to the back door, and if the lights were on, I'd go in and bother whoever was working, and and uh, it just seemed real natural to me. I shoveled walks, I washed cars, I pulled a lot of weeds, <laughs> and did all sorts of stuff coming into going to mortuary school and becoming a full funeral director embalmer. Why did your grandpa start the business? Because he, he, he began it back in 1940. What year was that? 19... 1946. 46. Mm-hmm. So why did he choose the funeral business? Do you know? Well, he was in the funeral business in Independence, Kansas. 
and it was two families living in the top floor of the funeral home and and they the town just couldn't support two families in the business sure so he was looking around moved up to Kansas City uh taught at the mortuary school that was here at the time opened up a diner in downtown Kansas City and and saved his Sunday 75 cent chicken meals until he had a thousand dollars and found a location in Shawnee and everybody thought he was crazy because it was too far from mission that Mm. was the hub at the time and but he he found a good spot that had a grocery store and a and a garage and he put a roof over the top of it and went from there still home today oh yes very much so matter of fact where his sleeping quarters were there at the funeral home is now my office so you get to talk to grandpa every day yeah, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and your dad as well, who you bought the business from. Yep. My dad, Gene, was a sophomore at Shawnee Mission Rural High School when they moved here and and went into the Navy, went to mortuary school and got his licenses and and took it over from my grandfather. What what lessons did you learn from your grandfather and your father of running a business? Well, just by watching them both. I didn't spend a lot of time with my grandfather because he was he – was, busy doing a lot of different types of things and then retired down to Arizona for a little bit and and then had some health problems. So when he came back to Kansas City, he wasn't in the best of health. But uh, he, when he was on his last few weeks, he was in uh, Shawnee Mission Medical Center, and I was sitting with him one time, and he couldn't hardly breathe. He had congestive lung failure or mm-hmm. heart failure and yeah. some lung problems. And But he set me down by him and said, now, Greg, let me go over a few things that you need to know when you deal with families. And he told me some things and, and you know, brought some things up that he thought was important for me and the business going forward. Very interesting. Um, talk about your business. You serve the Kansas City area for the most part, general area? Yeah, we, we go all over Kansas City. We what, have a how many? I, I'm very interested to see you know how many actual uh, funerals you could do like in a year because there's obviously people are dying everywhere you right. know people are it's part of life and I just am curious because I know you're I'm looking at your website there's a lot of people in the family and, and the work of the business and you guys right. are pretty large um, how does that work I mean how does that how do you how do you handle all of that Well you just you just make it work I mean you don't you can't set up times in advance right it's all unpredictable yeah, right it really is and and you know just just with the staff that i have and the way that it works we know our limits mm-hmm. and uh if we can get cars sometimes that's a big deal because we just have a hearse ourselves um but you know scheduling is such a such an art because especially now with cremation being half of our business mm. you know oh, it, used, it is okay. oh yeah it used to be 10% or less sure and in 79, we put in our first crematory. So we've had a crematory for quite a while, but, uh, we're now at about 50%. So embalming isn't as much as it used to be as far as how many times we do it. Mm-hmm. But when we do, you really have to, you know, work around family schedules, our schedules, minister schedules, cemetery schedules. It's, it's a pretty good little work. How many, um, how many families do you work with a year or how many, uh, how many people go through your, Facility every year. Oh, we probably deal with uh, 500 families. Wow. And probably 440 or 50 do some type of services that we handle. Wow. So that's that's sometimes you're doing two a day and weekends and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. Mm. We do services whenever a family wants us to do a service. 
And with cremation, there's a lot of night services. There's a lot of weekend services. There's a lot of services that are two, three weeks out. What's the normal timeline for when this happens? Someone passes away. Is it is it a week? Is it It's less weeks? than a week okay. normally. Cremation's so, changed. So if that. somebody had been waiting their whole life, you know, to, to go to your to go to your service your right. funeral home and then you have five or six that same day, I mean it's it's you just you, gotta figure it out, right? You figure it out. That's entrepreneurship right there. That's right. <laughs> I can't imagine that. Yeah, your scheduling has got to be just a bear. And then when something's scheduled two weeks out, then that time slot's already taken that far in advance. Mm-hmm. And it's usually on a Saturday. A lot of people will handle services on Saturdays. Very interesting. Brian Sarf is with us, contributor to the Grill Nation show today. He's brought in Greg Amos, who's Amos uh, Funeral Family Funeral Home. The website is uh, amosfamily.com. Uh, we're going to be back after the break to talk more with Greg about his background and, and how you guys have succeeded all these years here in Kansas City and, and the region. And also, obviously, I'm sure Brian will have some fun questions as well about funeral services that we don't know about. Yes, very this, much this so. This is a subject that is new to me, so yeah. I'm excited to talk more. It was fun Greg. researching for this show. <laughs> You're listening to the Grill Nation show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm Jason Grill. I appreciate you joining us today on 980 AM KBZ and on iTunes via podcast or at grillnationshow.com. You connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Brian Sarf is joining me today. He's guest host, honor contributor, and partner and supporter of the Grill Nation show. His website is retirewithtrue.com from True Wealth and Company. Helps people every day uh, plan for their future and their retirement. Uh, here in the uh, local area, That's right. and, and every week or every month, excuse me, he brings on a uh, a local entrepreneur, business person, and successful Kansas City. And today, he uh, again has brought on Greg Amos from Amos Family Funeral Home. And uh, Brian, why don't you start off our second segment today? We've been talking a little bit more about Greg's background, his family business, and and whatnot so far on the show. Yeah, one one question I have because you're around grief every day. You're around one of the most difficult, if not the most difficult, day that a family faces, especially if they're having to bury a child, um, you know, and not somebody who's lived a nice long life into their nineties. Um, and that, but when you have that grief every day, how do you deal with it mentally and how do you not take it home with you? Um, so that you can show up tomorrow and help, you know, the families you serve, uh, you know, face that day with, with, you know, as much optimism as they can to get through it. Well, that that's a good question because we have to be there to help them. We're not going to be there to make them feel any worse than they already feel. So as long as we can keep that thought in our mind that they've had something terrible happen to them, that we're there to help them get through this and get past this. Because if if we weren't doing that for them, we would be taking it home every day with our, ourselves. You know, you mentioned babies. That's a, that's a tough thing, and that's what gets a lot of uh, funeral director embalmers out of the business is having to deal with a little baby, uh, an infant, a toddler, anybody that you feel is too young to die too early. Mm -hmm. And dealing with those families takes a lot of different care, and every family that we deal with has their own feelings that we have to deal with. And I've got a staff that is so good at being able to talk to that family and figure out what they need from us 
and when they need it. What, what tips do you have for, you know, because you're, you're around it every day, and, uh, you know, in my business, I'm around it a little bit in the retirement planning where we may lose a spouse or a client here and there. Uh, what tips do you have for business owners on how do they, how they deal with grief with their clients um, and how they deal with, uh, with that in their, in their own businesses? Well, it's just like the saying, you know, you have two ears and one mouth, and you need to use your ears more than you use your mouth, and you need to listen to them because they will tell you exactly what they need if you're able to pick out the the pointers that they throw to you because that's what we do. We listen to them. We try not to explain things that they might not need or try to lead them down a path that they don't want to go. They tell us what they want, and we just deal with that. Mm-hmm. Smart. I have a question kind of about the business side of things, and, and when you are dealing with people with grief, uh, you know, obviously finances become a big issue during this process. Um, how can you afford a, a meaningful service or funeral service uh, without breaking the bank? What's your best advice to those listening who uh, potentially are going to be doing this very soon for a family member? Well, I, I know that prearranging and prefinancing a service is a very good option for families. Mm-hmm. Um, having life insurance to, to be able to use at the time for whatever purposes you need the finances for. Um, we ask to be paid by service time. Because we're, we're not a bank. We, we're a small business and, and the cash flow is important to us. Um, some families, you know, it's amazing the limits that people have on their credit cards. You know, a service might cost $10,000 and that used to be the third most expensive thing that you bought in your life. Mm-hmm. You bought a house, you bought a car, you paid for a funeral. Well, now and you, you buy, buy you bought an engagement ring too. Those are getting expensive, right? Well, that, yeah. <laughs> that's very. We've true. had jewelers on the show before. Brian actually brought one in, and they uh, oh, those yeah. aren't those aren't cheap either. But those no. are in the top five, probably. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, ten grand is a, is a, is is a lot of money. Yeah, it is a lot of money, and and a lot of times it happens when you aren't expecting it to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can plan on buying a new car or plan on buying a house or renting an apartment. Sometimes you can't plan on dying, mm-hmm. so you have to. You know, you have to deal with that at the time the way you have to deal with it. Then you guys kind of work with individually with these folks. You kind of have a set arrangement and, you know, uh, schedule for fees and all that for all the different services you offer. And you meet with the people and then you kind of lay it all out for them. Is that kind of how the process works? Yeah, we have an arrangement conference with the family. And, you know, that's why that's why we don't try to deal with them in things that they don't want. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a guy tell me one time that, was a mentor of mine until I heard this. He said, I could talk a family into any type of services I want them to have. Mm. And I said something to my dad. And my dad says, well, it all makes the difference is if you want to sell that or if you want to be paid for that. And when they pick it out, they're going to pay for it. Mm. If they're talked into something, they might not pay for it. That's true. Interesting. Well, it has to be. I, I like what you said earlier. That it has to be what the family wants, not what you want. Oh, yeah. And what they envision because they've thought about it their whole life of what they want to have at the end. I know my dad has said that you know, he wants to be cremated and he wants me to go spread his ashes at the confluence of the Missouri and the Mississippi. He grew up on the Mississippi river in Cape Girardeau and that's what dad wants. And that's what dad will get. Yeah. That's a lot of people say that, but I did have one lady come to me one time that we took care of her dad and her dad told her he wanted immediate cremation only. Didn't want any services. Didn't want anything but that. And she came back to me about a month later, mad as can be at me, because I let her do that. She said, you should not have let me do that. That's not my choice. I do what I'm told. 
you do with the, yeah with the family once um, what's the oddest request that that you've had from a family in preparing for um and delivering a funeral service oh we've had you know they're they're or not go down real. the list you got more than well, one we actually we have a lot of time greg so uh <laughs> we need some stories what's what's some of the craziest and- well they're not they're not real weird i mean you know we We're had midwest a, you know we had a no- son that wanted to watch his dad be embalmed okay and you know why not? I mean, it's his dad. It's his. That was before, you know, all the OSHA requirements and things that go around the embalming sure. and things like that. But I'll never forget. My dad was asked by uh, a man's wife to make sure he was buried with a cigar in his mouth. He always smoked a cigar, and he bet her that she wouldn't do it. So we. <laughs> We had an embalmer that smoked cigars. She did it. And she did it. She brought a cigar in, but it was a new cigar. Okay. And it would not fit with the lid closed. So the guy that was embalming him (laughs) smoked the cigar down while he was being embalmed and put a wad of cotton in his mouth where the cigar was supposed to go. Because once you're embalmed, the position you're in and everything else will stay the same because of the, the way the fluid works with the body. It it stiffens it to that position. Okay. So if he hadn't put that plug in the ma- the man's mouth, the cigar would have never gone in. So when she came in to see him, he had a cigar in his mouth, and she just <laughs> and it was smoked I, down. I and love that, was, that. And she was so impressed that it was even smoked down because that just looked so so real to her. And uh, and then the casket could close. She didn't want it open after that. Mm. So it was. That, that's interesting. So it was a closed casket. Yeah. Okay. I, I, thought, I always thought that'd be interesting if you had it if, at Catholic services a lot. You know, there's an open casket in right. the wake. And that always differs, too, with family, with religion, too, right? The open, closed argument. It's mainly what the family wants. Okay. And, you know, I had a lady one time get mad at me at the visitation because the casket was closed. Mm. So that shouldn't have been closed. Was he something wrong with him? I said, no. The family wanted the casket closed. Mm. Well, I can't believe I came all the way over here and it was closed. So, I mean, you know, we get... We get different sides of a lot of different things, Brian. I'm thinking about things now in my own my own mind. Uh-oh. What I what I gonna when your mind gets running, we're in trouble. <laughs> what am I gonna be buried with? You know, I mean, what, I are, you, what are you gonna put in your casket? What are you gonna have on? What are you gonna? Yeah. Now that we know you can you can put a cigar in your mouth, that changes a lot. I like to have a cigar every once in a while, <laughs> but maybe I'll have to throw that in there. You have a scotch, right? <laughs> right. So, you uh, you have your bourbon, your scotch. I mean, yeah. Come on, so that's about anything. Yeah. I love it. I love it, Greg. Go ahead, Brian. Um, so when you look at, you know, your business for you to have to be successful, more people have to pass away. Right. And so how do you, uh, in your business, how do you define success, um, in your business? And, you know, is it, is it money for you? Is it freedom? Is it influence? Is it giving back to the community? How do you define that for, for your business? Because you just can't go out and, and make more widgets or sell more services, uh, you know, that somebody has in another business is it requires that somebody's passing and they choose you. Well, the thing that drives me is my staff. I've got a staff of about 20 employees. When I started, there were three of us. And so it's important to me that my staff's taken care of. You know, we have a 401k plan. We have, re- we have health insurance plans. And if, you know, if they're paid well and they can be taken care of, that's important to me really is and work with the community you know this business is like a three-legged stool if it's good for you if it's good for the community if it's good for the your staff 
it all works. Mm-hmm. Amen. And you were uh, you've been a very involved in your community in Shawnee. Yeah, I've, with with uh, Brian mentioned at the start with the Optimist Club and with the Rotary and and the Chamber, and you did all that stuff just because you wanted to give back, and obviously you get to meet more people. Absolutely, they get to see me away from the funeral home. They I might bet, see yeah, me, they might see me in the grocery store. They might see me in the restaurant. They might see me at the Rotary Club. It's that's important. You do a lot of those things. It's always important. We most people we have on the show, Brian. I find that you bring on are very heavily involved in their community. As well as their business, well, you it's have good to balance. Be. Yeah, it, it, there's there's no secret that to have a successful business, you have to be involved in your community. Mm-hmm. If you're not, it it doesn't work. That other way, to just to be to take take take, you have to give back. And you, you get have re- to give back. You get referrals. I mean, you're you're you get your business has got to be based a lot on on reputation and referrals, right? I mean, yes. huge. Yes, and that's why we we are through the whole Kansas City area mm-hmm. because some people that grew up in Shawnee might live in South Overland Park, might live in Lee Summit might live still in Shawnee. Mm-hmm. So we just need to, you know, keep in touch with those people, make sure we keep doing things right. Very interesting. Uh, Greg Amos is our guest from Amos Family Funeral Home. Brian Sarf with me as well from uh, True Wealth and Company, retirewithtrue.com. We're going to be right back after the break. Thanks for joining us today on The Grill Nation Show on 980 AM, KMBZ. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm Jason Grill here at 980 AM KMBZ as well as on iTunes uh, via podcast and at our website, grillnationshow.com, where you can find all of our supporters and partners as well as pictures of our guests and all of our podcasts are there as well. Back today with uh, Grill Nation show contributor and supporter Brian Sarf from True Wealth and Company, uh, true, uh, retirewithtrue.com. Uh, Brian is back with us. Greg Amos is our guest today from Amos Family Funeral Home. Their website is Amos family.com brian you're going to start off this segment before you do i just want to uh if you could just mention your business again and how you help people each and every day that'd be great you know our company is uh, true wealth and company uh website is retirewithtrue.com and simply put we help successful people make work optional and it's the best, it has the to best be a tagline goal. ever who wants to retire all the business <laughs> owners i work with don't want to retire right they just want to make work optional because they love work so much mm-hmm. and they love giving back on what they do and why at the peak of their business when they're 65 and 70, when they're making the most money they ever have with no debt and all this financial freedom, they want to walk away. They Cash flow is everything and that's king in retirement. And so you want to make work optional and you just maybe want to work less, but you want to transition into that successfully. And so that transition to a work optional lifestyle is highly important to all of our business owner clients that we work with. It's a different mindset than <clears throat> somebody who's worked with a corporation forever that just wants to get the heck out of Dodge and they want to be done and they want to do uh, something else, a hobby or something else they love. Mm-hmm. A business owner is already doing what they love. If they're at it for four generations like Greg and his family have been in, there, there's no hurry to leave. Mm-hmm. You may transition leadership, but you don't want to be uninvolved. It's your, it's your life. Staying involved, it kind of keeps us maybe away from Greg too, right? We won't Maybe. see you for a while if we're still working, right? That's <laughs> work right. optional. <clears throat> Go yeah. ahead, Brian. We won't work to be optional. So, Greg, I want to I want to get into your mind a little bit of of your business and, and and not talking about just Amos Family Funeral Homes, but as a as a business owner yourself, um, who inspires you, alive or not, and why? 
Well, I think my big biggest inspiration was my dad. He he never came home. I remember one Christmas morning waking up, and he was just coming in the door when I was waking up. Wow. And he'd been up all night. He had three calls, and, and on Christmas, three calls is a bad thing for a lot of families. Mm. But he didn't say, man, I wished I'd have got some sleep, or, boy, that was terrible last night. He said, Merry Christmas, you know. And he says, there's some families I'm going to help, help with today, but you're going to have a great Christmas. So, you know, every day, every day, every day, in your business, it's an everyday thing. You can't, you can't even have a holiday. That's amazing. No, no. Interesting. If, um, if you and I were meeting three years from now and looking back, um, what would it take for you to be happy with your progress? To look at my, to look at my son and the way he's taken the business on Parker. And, and gone with it. Yeah. Parker's my my youngest child, and he's in the funeral business. And when he was growing up, he was a baseball player, and he played a lot of baseball. He didn't work for me very much because he was always playing in the summer. And, and uh, you know, he kind of thought my business was a little weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, he told me. He said, that's kind of weird, Dad. And I said, well, that's fine. Did you ever said, think he'd be in the, in the business? No. No, I didn't. But one summer, he was going down to Arkansas Little Rock that fall to play ball, and we had a fireman die in a fire in Shawnee, and my son worked with us that day and drove the family. And when he got back after that service, that was an unbelievable service to begin with. Mm-hmm. But um, when he got back, he says, Dad, he says, now I know why you do what you do. He mm-hmm. says, and I want to be part of it. And from then on, that's what he was focusing took on. That, it took that experience oh, actually yeah. being there because, you know, growing up, you may, you know, my dad, that? I'm a lawyer, my dad's a lawyer, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to go really work with him. It's it's a weird, it's a weird uh, dynamic, and especially when you're in the funeral business. I mean, that's a that's a whole other dynamic for a child to, to witness that, and it really took that one experience. It sounds like to really, oh yeah, you see what you did each and every day to help people. Because if you don't want to be in this business, don't get in it. Because it's not a career if you don't want to do what we do. What was that like? What was that feeling like when uh, when Parker said, "Dad, this is what I want to do. I want to work with you." I'll tell you what that fe- that felt pretty cool. I mean, you know, it was it was something that I wasn't expecting, um, but I was so glad. And but I didn't know how far he wanted to go as far as what he did for me. Yes. And he got in and started looking at prearrangement. Interest rates were really low, so he was trying to trying to figure out how we were going to be pro- profitable in the future with prearrangements because. When one's put in, you pay for it at today's prices and you use it whenever it has to be used. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't making the interest rate that we needed for it to keep up with our increased costs in the future. And he sat down, he got his insurance license, and I was about to quit offering pre-need altogether. And he said, Dad, I got an idea. I got an option. Let's look at it. From then on, and then he decided, meet, meet with families on pre-arrangements, he decided to go and get his funeral director's license and he is he is an amazing amazing funeral director that that's interesting because brian because um a lot of times uh kids that take over or who work in their family business want to change everything right they always have great ideas and and a lot of times it's hard to to deal with that but it sounds like your son had a great idea that worked well our business our business changes on its own so you got to keep up with it Mm -hmm. and he was he's very good at keeping up with it interesting yeah that's awesome that's an awesome story. You know, Greg, there are, there are very few businesses that are four generations. I know. Very few. 
It's usually so, the third generation that screws it up. Yes. So I'm, trying, <laughs> I'm trying real hard not yeah. to do that. Well, you've done a pretty doggone good job with what you built. I mean, uh, you're a cornerstone in Shawnee. Everybody knows you everywhere you go. Um, wherever you are in, in town, everybody sees you. So what's your, what's the secret? How do you, how do you make a business or how do you stay in a business as long as you have so that it continues for generations? Well, for one thing, you have to want it. And I know my grandfather wanted it. My dad wanted it. I wanted it. And now Parker wants it. And he's got two sons. So maybe one of these days, one of those two young men will want it. Mm. But if you don't want to be successful, in the business that you're in, you won't be. And we get, like you said before, getting out in the community and being involved, a lot of people that we know we've been involved with. And they've been involved with their families telling about us and friends of theirs. And, you know, we do get a lot of referrals from people that refer us to to us, whether it's through churches or through hospices or, or whatever it might be. They... We they come from all over and and we start asking, you know, how'd you hear from hear, hear about us? Well, we just heard you're very good at what you do, and that's one thing that I am very very proud of. Mm-hmm. You guys also uh, looking at your services on your website uh, amosfamily dot com. You guys also work with pets. Yes, is that is that fairly new or has that been something that's happened in your industry for quite a while? I know that obviously people's pets are more important to them now. I feel like than they've ever been. I I think there's a trend towards towards pets are almost like people. Uh, oh, yes. For many people like them more than people. And so how does that work? I, I'm interested to know, is that a growing population of your business? Yes. And okay. it, the thing is, is we put our first crematorium in 79. Well, America has gotten a lot bigger since 1979 as far as size of individuals. Mm-hmm. Our crematory could not do cremations very easily over 250 pounds. So we had to buy a new crematory. We were thinking, what are we going to do with the old crematory mm. and mark smith who's my manager and his wife Anne, now runs our pet companion crematory and she is one of the most com- compassionate pet people you'd ever want to meet and she's really made it a very very good business for us to include now we had a lot to lose because if we treated somebody's pet badly we mm. would never be with their family ever again if a human passed one of their human family members passed away so we took it very serious. I've got a man that works for me that is the most amazing crematorist. I don't know if that's a word, but <laughs> it is now. but he takes care of every cremation that goes through our human crematories or our pet crematories and he treats them exactly the same. So when when that cremation's done, a hundred percent of those cremains are in those urns or in the containers that they supply to us, and we take that very, very seriously. Uh, our uh, four years ago, our beloved family pet Sophie, she's a Westie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she passed away. I was at work. My wife's at work. We were driving home. All the girls were home from school, and she lay down on the on the floor there in the kitchen, you know, and took her last breath. Looked up at the girls, and she passed away. And I came home and found my three daughters, one on the first floor crying, one upstairs, and one down in the basement. And uh, first person I called was I called Kenny at my office, and I said, "What's Parker's number?" And I called Parker. Had to bring the dog down there, met with Ann, and she just did a wonderful job taking care of Sophie. Uh, we had her cremated. She had, we had, she was in an urn, uh, you know, and it was just an awesome experience to to help us through that time of losing our, our favorite little pet that we had, little Sophie. Oh, yeah, now we take care of the whole family. So, I mean, it's it's a big deal. It's a big deal. 
Yeah. Very big. That's a that's an interesting example that Brian had. I didn't know that, Brian. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Makes you think, you know. Well, you dog, have- dogs are dogs, cats, whatever. Yeah. Such an important part of the family life, and I have a dog, and you know, hopefully he lives forever. He's a Jack Russell. He's only two. I heard they live till eighteen. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. That's all you're uh, running. But, yeah. but man, I'll tell you what. That is that is just as sad to a lot of people as losing a family member. Oh yeah. If we get someone calling us that's crying uncontrollably, it chances are they've lost a pet. And Brian, Brian's walking to three children crying. I mean, that's. Yeah, I got, I got the call, at, uh, the <laughs> sobbing call through the phone, you know, at, at work. And I got out of there and got home and, you know, took care of the girls and consoled them. And then you know, got Sophie and took her down to the funeral home and, and had it taken care of. But it was a wonderful experience. Um, I've been there for a couple of funerals from some great friends that passed at, uh, at your place. And, you know, each time it's, uh, it's, um, you know, as difficult as the day to be there. I just know that your staff has just been wonderful at servicing and taking care of everybody that walks through those doors, and you feel that caring, um, and I appreciate that very much. Well, and I feel it every day I go to work. Yes. I mean, I walk into the office, and I can just feel that these these people that I work with are there for the right reason, and even though they might be having problems, they don't bring their problems to work. They have bigger problems to deal with. Greg Amos is our guest today. Uh, we'll be right back after the break with more Girl Nation. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm Jason Grill uh, alongside Brian Sarr from True Wealth and Company. Uh, the website is retirewithtrue.com. He's a contributor to the Grill Nation show. Appreciate you joining us today on 980 AM uh, and on iTunes via podcast. We've been talking to Greg Amos from Amos Family Funeral Home. Uh, their website is amosfamily.com. Real interesting business. Uh, and, you know, obviously one of our uh, great businesses in this community that's been along for quite a while. Uh, Brian, you lead off our last segment here. Uh, we got a couple more questions to ask you today, Greg. Uh, it's been a lot of fun and learned a lot from you. Thank you yeah, very much. You bet. Thanks for being here today, Greg. Enjoy visiting with you. It's been fun. Yeah. Um, when you look at trends in your business, uh, what trends are you seeing uh, that uh, you know that that as you are you know kind of passing the reins over to Parker that he's going to be running with for the next you know couple of decades? The biggest trend is probably the the cremation. Okay. A lot of people are selecting cremation right now, which opens up a lot of different things. I mean, you can shoot some cremains out into space. You can put them in shotgun shells like I, we talked a little bit ago. Heard, uh, yeah, Holy Smokes, it's a website you can put them in there and go hunting with Grandpa one last time, they That's say. That's right. There's a lot of things that, you know, um, the big thing that came out not too long ago of people taking their ashes with them to – Disneyland and Disney World, they don't want them doing that anymore because there's a lot of them out there, and they just would prefer not. Uh, what, I don't what, know that Disney has a choice. What's the point? <laughs> so these people just bring the urns to Disneyland? Yeah, yeah. they just scatter the ashes at Disneyland they come somewhere. back to visit every time, and you know that's the spot right there. Yeah. So it's, you know, somebody ran out on, what, Cubs Field and they're at Wrigley and, and scattered ashes. or I mean, it's people are getting <laughs> daring on what they do, and and it's just – but there's so many different options. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have a burial, you you know what you're going to do. You're going to have a probably a family viewing in a casket. You're going to have a service and a burial. But with cremation, you might have burial first of the of the ashes before the memorial service, 
you might have the body there in a rental casket mm-hmm. and then cremate after the service, or you might just have cremation, not do anything. So that's what families are choosing. So we're doing the, what they want us to do, but that's probably the biggest trend. And there's a lot of trends within that. How are you dealing with the competition as a family owned business? So much of the, uh, of the industry has turned to corporate chains right. that are coming to town and buying up a lot of businesses out there. So how do you, how do you compete with that and, and how do you differentiate yourself from those corporate chains? And have you ever thought about doing that? We've been approached a couple times. Uh, matter of fact, one time we were approached, my dad and I went to, to, uh, dinner with the person that was representing this company. And I've, I've only seen my dad mad twice in my life. And that was one of them when we left the table talking with that guy. So we knew that we wanted to stay family owned. Um, our biggest, our biggest thing about the competition is staying family owned. We don't, you know, we know what it takes for us to be successful. And that's all we care about. We just care about dealing with the families that call us, take the best care we can and just, you know, I don't, I don't care what my competition's doing because that's not my deal. It's customer service. It's, it's tradition. It's, uh, people knowing that you're going to take care of them. Maybe they're, maybe they spend a couple extra bucks, but it's worth it. Well, and, and, you know, we are a service business. Mm-hmm. We have merchandise available. Families want to select that merchandise mm. if they need it. But our main purpose is service and everything that we do goes around that and relates to that. Caskets, about, good, right? Yeah, you got Walmart and Costco selling caskets now. Um, I mean, you have the the baby boomers are 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 you know the front end is just over the age of seventy, and we got eighty million of them coming. Oh yeah, right, the largest generation ever. Oh yes, as they step in, and and first is you know the healthcare business is going to see an influx. If you know all of my clients that are you know that are over sixty five, you know they're they're getting uh, cataracts, uh, they're having knee replacements, hip replacements, shoulder surgery. You know, all these things that are popping up, and as that, that comes through, that trend uh, will will eventually, you know, come into your industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and Walmart and Costco now are going to start selling caskets. Does that uh, hurt, help, bother you at all? Doesn't bother me a bit. Yeah. We maybe have maybe three or four a year come from outside sources. You know, and the, you let somebody bring their own casket oh, to yeah. use? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever they or their own urn, whatever they want to do, whatever Absolutely. they want to bring in. Yep. Like I said, service is our main deal. Yes, and that's huge. Have you ever seen like so? You know, everyone's they bleed their college colors, right? Or they, oh, they're yes. alma mater. I mean, are there caskets now with logos? Oh yes. Okay, so that you can license a casket now. I had no idea. <laughs> oh yeah, you can <laughs> license you can put a Notre Dame logo on there, a Bama logo or a Tiger logo. You know, that has all been already been done, huh? Oh yeah, we've <laughs> had a Tennessee casket, University of Tennessee, and I even think a University of Texas casket. Interesting. Yeah, man. People find ways to license everything, don't well, they? Well, you can pretty much do whatever you want, you know, within reason. That's interesting. Uh, and I've got an urn that's a Kansas City Royals urn, and they have all the Major League Baseball urns, and you can have a autographed baseball on top of it. I mean, it's there's a lot of different options. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, two final uh, uh, questions I have for you are, um, one, tomorrow – um, the uh, last president of the greatest generation is going to be laid to rest, uh, President Bush. Yes. And as he has his state funeral tomorrow, you know, flags are at half staff. Uh, markets are going to be closed and the nation will mourn his passing. Um, what insights do you have on a, on a presidential funeral that, that we're going to see tomorrow uh, with his passing? Um, and uh, any, anything unique uh, that you might see from your angle as a funeral director um, and, a, and a business owner for uh, 
his his funeral tomorrow? Well, things change an awful lot because my dad drove on the Eisenhower funeral in in uh you know when he was when he died he drove the family and he went up to take a picture and boy he was cut down real quick. So it's there's a lot of security around those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But uh it'll just be a a real nice thing for the family to go through and the nation to go through because you know bearing a president doesn't happen very often no and when it does they want to make sure it's it's done the best that america can do and and i i saw the casket he was in and the flag draping it and them carrying it you know over and putting it on the you know on the device there at the rotunda and it was very impressive and what does a casket like that cost for a president? I don't know. Any it idea? probably didn't cost anything. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody him, donated it. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> well, wait, wait, well, the taxpayers pay for it. Well, yeah. if they got charged. Yes. What, what is a, uh, what, what are the variances of caskets? I mean, costs just ballpark that. Well, they can go anywhere from, oh, $75 for a cremation container up to, I saw one when I was going to mortuary school down in Dallas at a, at a, casket company that cost 25000 at that time. Mm. It's probably a lot more than that now. Of course but, it was in Texas where you saw this. Well, of course it was. <laughs> That's right. They, they do everything bigger But I could have got it in Kansas if I'd have wanted it. So what final words of, of advice and wisdom can you share with business owners that are listening in Kansas City uh, for running a successful business? Well, you know, everything's made about made in America today, and there's nothing more made in America than a family business. And, I mean, we might not sell everything that's made in America, but we've got everybody working it and doing what they do in America. And small business still has a very, very, very big part in communities. It's hard for some small businesses to get as involved as we have, but but the, but it, the opportunity is there. The chambers, the Rotary Clubs, the Optimist Clubs, home associations, anything that you can do to get your person out there and are asked about what you do and that's that's an important thing mm-hmm. work hard work hard all the time yeah, so do you, do you do you have like a uh, do you ever take a day off not when i'm in town i'm in every morning every morning i go to work um if i go out of town i've got a you know place i go to and that's the only reason i go more or less is to not go to work that day <laughs> <laughs> greg thanks for being here today great to visit with you you betcha thanks for great to have you on the show greg and uh, brian obviously of course thanks for your partnership and i uh, appreciate you coming on the show and guest hosting and and all the work you do here in kansas city as well yes sir thank you you've been listening to the grill nation show we'll see you again next week have a great one take care yeah.